stage too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Welcome to Touring the AFC South, but this is different, 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 because I have along with me the Halftime Show's Cortland Griffin, and we are kind of mashing things up, you know, touring the AFC South, the Halftime Show, mashing it up together, and we are going to review the Titans 53. Yes, the 53 people that have made the Titans squad, so far, I should say. So far, because, you know, we've had a little bit of change as well of, in the last couple of days as well. So we're going to we're definitely going to go over those different things. And, uh, of course, uh, I just want to ask just in regards to the 53. What do you think, Cortland? What do you think of just the 53 just as a whole they chose? Um, I could see the vision. Um, I could say for the first time. In a long time, I can see a legitimate change in the mentality and uh, the vision that this team wants to go in. Right um, before, you know, before we get into it, just as a broad stroke, a lot more speed, um, a lot more versatility on this roster. And the Titans did something at a particular uh, position that they haven't done in the past. So it's. Um, it's uh and it's also it's also way younger. This roster got younger too, so it's 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 interesting. Um I don't think it's a bad roster. I think it's a very well-rounded roster, and um we'll see what happens when the season starts. Definitely, definitely. And getting into that, we're gonna start on this roster review with the offensive line. Now, let me give you just who made what on this offensive line. Now we've got at centers, we got Aaron Brewer, who will be the starter, Xavier Newman. And Corey Levin. Now, Corey Levin just got cut and brought back. So just want to make sure to let everyone know that one. Um, then at guards, you have Daniel Brunskill, Dylan Radens, and Peter Skronsky, which, you know, Brunsky and Skron- Brunskill and Skronsky will more than likely be the starters. Then at tackles, you have Andre Dillard, Chris Hubbard, and Jalen Duncan. Now, there was a guy named Justin Murray there, but he got cut. Corey Levin got brought back. So, that's what it is, and more likely Hubbard and Dillard will be your starters. Of course, one name that is absent, that is Nicholas Petit-Ferrer. He is out for the first six games due to a gambling suspension. So expect this offensive line to go through another change as the year goes on, and maybe somebody will be missing again that made the team. But we'll see what happens at that point in time. It could be somebody at this position. could be somebody at another position. But – I mean, what do you think of the pieces up front, you know, with the Brunskill injury? Raiders gets brought off a of PUP right before they uh, announced the final 53. I mean, um, what did you think of the pieces? Uh, I, it was a couple of guys that I felt like should have made the roster um, that didn't. I felt like Rupsich was a a sure lock to make this roster. Um, I thought R- Murray was a good lock to make the roster. Um, I felt like those two guys played exceptionally well, especially in um, 
the first and second weeks of the, of the preseason. Now, the third preseason game, of course, the starters kind of played a little bit more. They had Andre Dillard out there, I want to say, like three quarters. So you didn't get the, you really didn't get a lot to see a lot of Murray and Rupsich um, out there playing a lot of snaps. But, of course, uh, this is the NFL. You never know, you know, what this team is looking at and how they're looking and what they're looking at in their evaluation process. But just going off of, of course, what, what we've seen in camp and then what you see in the game, I kind of felt like Rupsich, who also made the practice squad, um, he may get called up. I mean, we never know. Um, but I like Jalen Duncan, and I've been high on Jalen Duncan since the draft. Thought he was a guy who was a second or third round grade, falls to the fifth round, gets picked up by Tennessee. Rabel is high on him. They like his versatility. They like his athleticism and his size. And outside of the Bears game, he played very well during the preseason. So, um, you know, Mike, like you said, some of these guys may not be on the roster once MPF gets back. Um, but I think you could have a little bit of a battle between MPF and Jalen Duncan, and I think Chris Hubbard might be the odd man out. I definitely think Chris Hubbard's going to be the odd man out, to be honest. But, uh, you know, of course, things have to play out. But, you know, I'm just throwing something out there. What if this happened? What if – you know, the Titans see somebody else they like. Now, I did mention that. I'm mentioning that because I see where Toronto talked about offensive tackle Tyree Phillips from the Giants. He got cut. Now, the Titans didn't pick him up, but he's a big athletic offensive lineman with more than a few starts in the NFL. I mean, could you see a guy like that potentially being brought in? I mean, I know it's probably not going to happen this week. It may happen, but, um, you know, could you see a guy like that being brought in potentially? So just from what I've seen, right, with – the way that the difference between John Robinson, right, and Rand Carthon and Bob Brinker, right, and it's the difference between J. Rob and Austin Ford and that whole you know front office. Now that they're gone, this new front office is way more analytics driven. They're way more about the numbers and you know athletics and things of that nature. So I feel like he could be picked up. I could see that for sure. Like you said, big you know height, weight, speed guy, violent hands. Um, and when he played with the now we play with the Giants, he gets beat with speed a lot. Like he gets for all of his athleticism, it seems like he just doesn't move his feet sometimes. Um, and we've seen that, right? We we kind of got rid of that last year with the guy who will not be named. Uh, but <laughs> but um, as a right tackle, I could see it. Um, a guy who comes in and maybe you maybe Hubbard gets beat too, one too many times, right? I could definitely see it if the analytics fit. Uh, but as of right now, I think Rand Carthon and Bob Brinker trust the draft process. Um, and as we go through this roster, you'll see why I say that. I think they trust their, their draft process. They trust their uh, their evaluations. And I think they have the answer to that spot on the roster already. Now, to me, you know, I, I can definitely see what they're trying to do in the vision. But I just have a little bit of a question in terms of, uh, you know, if, what if one of the tackles gets injured? I'm just throwing it out there. Do you go with Raidance at the at the the tackle spot? Do you move Skronsky out to it, or do you bring in Jalen Duncan? In my opinion, I would probably put uh, Skronsky or Duncan out there because I don't know if I trust Dylan Raidance out there at the offensive tackle spot again because we saw that picture before, and I don't think we want to see it again. No, I, I think you put um, I, the the one thing that. Ravens and a lot of Ravens fans are hanging their hat on is that 49ers performance, right? Where he had a couple of plays where he 
seemingly stayed in front of Nick Bosa, right? And, and if you look at the entire, <laughs> if you, and I say seemingly because a lot of times he was just watching the man upfield, which as a tackle you want to see, right? But how many times did Nick Bosa make our quarterback cheat up into the pocket and that interior 49ers, you know, defensive line, which is a stud defensive line, right? Make it hard for your quarterback. It doesn't always just because a guy doesn't give up a sack doesn't always mean he's doing a great job. Um, like you said, we've seen that before. I think Jalen Duncan is going to be better than some give him credit for. He's going to be better um, than his backup positioning is. And I, like I said, I, that's why I feel like the answer to that position is on the roster already. Also, a guy that I named earlier, Andrew Rupsich, who was an undrafted free agent last year. He also played well in the preseason. Like I said, I think one of those two guys, but I think you keep Big Ski, Peter Skaronski at the guard position, uh, didn't have a grade below 79 all preseason, did not give up not one sack or a pressure all preseason. I think you keep him at guard. That position has been uh, hard to replace. Um, and it seems like when we get guys in the Titans, get those guys in those positions, right? It seems like they always end up either leaving to go somewhere else or can't stay healthy. Well, Skaronski seems like the opposite. He seems like a guy who wants to be in Nashville, and he seems like a guy who can stay particularly healthy and pretty healthy throughout his uh, tenure so far. So hopefully they keep him at guard. He has all pro potential, um, and I know he played tackle and was one of the highest-rated tackles in college football, but as a guard, I like him where he is. I hear you there. I mean, I, I often do wonder if he is going to wander out there and play tackle eventually. But, you know, we'll see what happens. That's where they like him at. They like him at guard. Uh, but, you know, one thing that's ultimately out there about the offensive line, they aren't going to be the finished product. They're going to be in week three or four in the first game. I expect some holdings, some holding calls on them. I expect uh, a few different things to happen in the first game against New Orleans, especially with this group as they continue to know each other, because technically they really haven't been together that long of a time. It's four. It's only one guy that's on there on the offensive line, line that was there last year. And that's other than that, everyone else is different. Yeah, it's so, it's, yeah, it's going to be it's essentially five new faces because Brewer technically played the left guard position up until I think the midway point of last year where he switched over to center. And then the only two constants on the roster right now would be MPF and and uh, Brewers. So it's going to be interesting. Like you said, it's going to be interesting to see. I know Rabel wants to not beat yourself, right? Not get the false starts, not have the uh, the holding calls. But I think, like you said, it's going to be some hiccups here and there. But this is a very well-coached team. I think right. you'll see a couple, but not like those, those ill-fated like drive killers. Um, that that kill so many teams, but I, I think I think you're going to see something, but not not to the point where it's going to be like, what are these guys doing? Right, right, right. We'll see what happens, but you know, hey, it is what it is. Uh, so there we go. We went over the offensive line, but we have to keep it moving. We're going to move on to the tight ends and the wide receivers. Now, at tight end, we got Chica Quanco, we got Trevin Wesco, and we've got Josh Wiley. At wide receiver, we got DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Burks, Nick Westbrook-Kinney, Chris Moore, Kyle Phillips, who is on IR now, folks. So, really, you can't count him towards the roster at this point. Colton Dow and Kiaris Jackson. Now, what I find interesting is the names that did not get mentioned. Racy McMath, Reggie Roberson, Mason Kinsey, 
not on the roster, which these three guys have been trying to make this roster. Well, Racy McMath has been trying to make it healthy. And Brady Roberson, last couple of years, impressive in practice, but just hasn't translated to the game. And then Mason Kinsey, you thought maybe with his return skills, potentially he would make it. But it, and then plus with with Jason with Kyle Phillips out the first uh, you know the first uh, little Four bit of the six season. weeks yeah. right right you would think Mason Kinsey would make it but no no he did not make it I mean did that kind of surprise you because it surprised me no um, it didn't surprise me per se uh, I had Mason Kinsey uh, as a practice squad guy um, and he's a guy who I felt like deserves of course deserves this opportunity seems like the guy who's always the he's the uh, quintessential stay ready, right? Guy, like always be ready to get called up. And when he's come in, he's played well, he gets open, runs the right routes, does all the right things, right? Um, I just think there's talent, more talent. Uh, the talent that got kept, right? Uh, I think is better and has a higher ceiling. They're all younger guys, uh, not all of them, but the two guys at the bottom of the bottom of the roster, right? Um, are younger guys who have versatility. Um, Colton Dow can return kicks and punts as well. Um, but he's, a, of course, more of an outside receiver. I kind of think he's – I called him NW, NWI light. You know, it kind of gives me those those Nicholas Westbrook Aquino vibes, right, just a pair of sure hands who's fast and big and can do all the things that you want a receiver to do. But then Kiaris Jackson. For everything Mason Kinsey is, Kiaris Jackson, you can argue, is that now and has a higher ceiling. So I, I think – I think the way the coaching staff is looking at it, he could be a game day call-up. He's on the practice squad. He resigned on the to the practice squad. He could be a game day call-up. He's a guy who's sure they, he's always there, does the right things. Like I said, it's, it's more of a, a a practice squad kind of leader on the team, kind of you know keeps the locker room light as well. So um, I think they kept him around for locker room and intentions as well. But um, I don't think his tenure is just a practice squad guy. He's definitely going to see some time. Uh, on the on the field between the lines for this team. Now, as far as racing McMath, he ends up with the uh, Colts on their practice squad. Reggie Roberson, I hadn't heard much about him, but I think he's uh, going to end up on the Titans practice squad. I didn't know if he made the Titans practice squad. Or not. You know, if he, he did didn't. Um, he, so he he huh. didn't make the Titans practice squad, and the report that was put out was weird. So it, it said okay. that he's not returning to the practice squad, but it also – and then when I looked through every – I looked through literally scoured the internet, scoured other reporters, when they asked some people that I knew um, that had some ears to the street on other teams, and they said that his name hadn't been mentioned, or, you know, as far as that goes. So I was kind of wondering, was this a, a Titans decision for him not to return to the practice squad, or was this a Reggie Robinson decision to not return to the practice squad Right, because he feels like he has a bigger market. Again, a guy who's a who's a speedster, like you said, practices well, but when it gets to the game, it, it's 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 up and it's down. Right, Chicago had a great catch. Right, then practiced well against Minnesota, and, and then you heard nothing from him the last two weeks of the preseason. So, and I th- kind of felt like he had value as a return guy. But he also never, you know, so he, he they didn't put him back there on punt return and kick return. So it just kind of makes you wonder, you know, he's one of those guys you we just haven't heard enough, haven't seen anything. Um, you know, Jalen Rager just got signed by New England, kind of makes you wonder. And then the Colts have also, the Colts signed Racy McMath to their practice squad. It kind of makes you wonder if, if a team, another team in the AFC South or a team that needs a receiver will pick up uh, Reggie Robertson. 
It'll be interesting to see what happens there. I mean, honestly, I, I thought he would make the team, but, you know, of course, in the last couple weeks, you know, like you mentioned, he didn't really, you know, pop out on the screen, which that, that, you know, that disappointed me. But when I was out there watching practices, oh, you best believe he was catching everything, but it just has to translate to the field. And that's what's frustrating. But I will say, hey, you know, there's a UT Martin Skyhawk that is playing for the Tennessee Titans. That's <laughs> I know you, I know you was happy about that. Know. Yeah, I was happy about that, you know, because I actually got to got a chance to interview him while I was out there. So, you know, I talked to him a little bit and, you know, I was interested. And then when, you know, when Mike Brable, somebody asked him about Colton Dow, he was talking about him. So he didn't really get to play in the Chicago game or the Minnesota game and then got to play this game. And I was like, okay, well, he's setting us up to talk about he's going to make the practice squad. And then, boom, he makes the roster. I was like, oh, okay, then. Well, Mike Brable with the Okie Doke. All right. All right. <laughs> Mike is a <laughs> Mike is a cryptic guy, and um, I'm I'm starting to kind of learn his ways, but he still kind of he still has that kind of Greg Popovich kind of like mis, mis, mystique about him, where it's like you don't know what's going to happen. But I kind of like it better that way. <laughs> it's interesting. It's definitely interesting, and uh, of course we do have to talk about the tight end position, Chica Quankum, and then we got a uh, a couple a couple young guys. I think is uh, Wesco a young guy? I know Wiley is. I just can't. Wesco is a Wesco. He's a young guy. He's been in the league for like I think three or four years now. So he's a young guy, but not like super young. He's like at that midway point. So yeah. he, he's he's kind of he's kind of hitting the point of you know the young veteran at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but it'll be interesting just to see how they use them. But to to me, the way they their tight end room sets up, you've got guys that can play H back, tight end, and split out as well. So it's kind of like they value, like you mentioned, the versatility. And it's very evident in the tight end room here. I think it's kind of – and one guy that I'm surprised that didn't make the roster was uh, Thomas Odekoya, right, who's the 17th man on the practice squad because he doesn't count because he's an international uh, program right. player, player, so he doesn't count against the uh, practice squad number. But when I look at that, I would, if you look at those big runs uh, from Julius Chestnut or Tajay Spears, each one of them have number 89 in the picture. He's either clearing a block, it's a pancake, it's something. He's he's he was a blocker uh by every sense of the word. But if you know the Tennessee Titans and you've watched Tennessee Titans football over the last four or five seasons, you know they always have a guy who's on the roster and then off the roster, or on the roster and then off the roster. It was Tory Carter the last two seasons until he got cut, right? That could be Thomas Odekoya. He could get the call up depending on the matchup, uh, because he's a better blocker, and then Josh Wiley could you know be popped down to the practice squad right because he's more of a pass catcher than a blocker he could develop into a good blocker right but he's more of a pass catcher so like you said that versatility depending on the team that we face if we're facing a more physical team i can see odakoya getting a call up from the practice squad we'll definitely see what happens there of course we do have to move on you know gotta stay on time for sure all right the running backs position we got derrick henry tajay spears and julius chestnut now Key thing in this one, Hassan Haskins gets put on the on the IR. I mean, honestly, do I see Hassan Haskins playing it down for the Tennessee Titans? I do not see him playing it down for the Tennessee Titans. I think this is kind of just a delay until he's done in terms of the IR, you know, the court cases, things like that. That's what I think it is. I mean, are we on the same page with this one? Yeah, and I think also something too. I don't know if you've heard about this. He's also on the commissioner's exempt list, so he can't practice right. or or play right. in games anyway. So I think that four year 
that uh, not four year. I'm sorry, that four week kind of uh, sabbatical is more of a soft suspension than it is a, you know, than like you know, it's he's actually hurt. Uh, he had the one touchdown in Chicago, and then after that, it was kind of Ju- the Julius Chestnut uh, and Sam, uh, Pat, Sam. I think is Patrick. Uh, I can't think of his last name. Pat, yeah, Patrick. The last last name yeah. is Patrick. Patrick, right? And it, it was kind of it was kind of those two guys kind of battling it out for that third wide receiver, uh, not wide receiver, but running back spot. So um, I think you've seen the last of Hassan Haskins in a Titans uniform, but again, it's just speculation at this point. Right, right. And then as far as uh, just three running backs, which that's different because usually the Titans carry a fullback. So like you mentioned, uh, Tony Carter usually is the guy that's in and out of the lineup. He's no longer here. Now that this makes it even further evident that they're probably going to start out with two tight ends on the field uh, or or go three wide receivers, which I would say more than likely two tight ends than three wide receivers, because that's just not what the Titans do. You know, the Titans got to be got to come out looking physical. So, you know. I mean, we'll this, Tim Kelly, this Tim Kelly offense is uh, is something different, man. And and I think you're going to see a lot of still the physicality, smash mouth that Tennessee likes to run. But you're going to see a lot more wrinkles in this offense, a lot more motion um, in this offense than you've seen in the past. So it's going to be interesting to see. Definitely, definitely. From the things I've seen, it's definitely going to be interesting. And speaking of interesting, quarterback position, we got Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis, and Will Levis. To me – I was not surprised that these three made the roster. They were going to make the roster. Some people are still saying that there's a chance Will Levis will be the backup. In my opinion, after watching the preseason, after watching some practices, Malik is the backup. Let's leave it at that. um, Can I just be the guy who says keep hope alive? Um, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. And I think in a way this is an extended backup an extended backup battle, right? It's it's because uh, Mike Vrabel still for some like he hasn't said concrete that Malik Willis is the second quarterback. Um, and somebody kind of made a a a good point um, on Twitter. They said uh, I think right now it's a two A two B situation until somebody separates themselves. And uh, I know Mike is Mike is a Malik Willis you know fan. He likes I like Malik Willis too, um, and I I can't say that I don't. I think, but I think with Will Levis, um, he didn't show me anything that was glaringly horrible. He didn't show me anything that says he's ready to be a starter. Malik also didn't show me things that said he's ready to be a starter. So I think right now the coach of is kind of looking at we invested a second round pick in this guy. We did, we, this new front office did not ex- invest a, you know, fourth or pick in Malik Willis. And they're always going to, if you know the business, right, you're always going to ride with your guy versus the current, the past regime's guy. So it's going to be interesting to see, too. Oh, I hear you there. I just don't think that if uh, it comes down to it, I'm not saying Tannehill's going to get injured, folks. Just don't. No. don't, don't <laughs> but what I am saying is, is that if in the case of anything were to happen, I think they would trust Malik a little bit more than they would trust Will Levis at this point. So that's just my thinking, you know, and I, I think, of course, you know, like we've, we've talked previous times, Cortland, talked about Will Levis and Malik Willis and the offseason that's going to be next offseason when these two are probably going to be battling for the starting position. You know, given that, well, I would say given that, you know, perhaps, you know, I don't think they're going to bring Ryan Tannehill back. That's just my thoughts. They could, 
But just in my opinion, I don't think they are. And I think it's a battle between these two young guns. Who's going to be the starting quarterback? I think they're setting themselves up to not bring Ryan Tannehill back. And and the reason I say that, I know this is probably going to this is for a couple of seconds. Um, $131 million approximately, right, next season, next offseason to spend. I don't think you waste any of that money on bringing back a guy who you feel like you've reached your ceiling with. I think you take over. I think you let one of these young guys take over, see what you have, and then you build the rest of this roster. And and we've seen that happen with a couple of other teams, right? San Francisco, to be is, is a good example. Uh, built the rest of the team, built a defense, built an offense, and then they just kind of plug and play quarterbacks right now. So they find their cement guy. And I think Brock Purdy has the ability to be that, but this isn't NFC West. Uh, turn the NFC West. This is the NFC South. So. <laughs> right, right, right. So, you know, of course, we did talk about all the offense, went through the entire roster offensively. But there is a defensive side of the ball. We're going to take a quick commercial break and come back. We're going to talk about the defense and more on touring the AFC South and the halftime show. We're doing a mashup. On on, uh, this this episode, we're going to take a quick commercial break. A shift. A shift is something that happens and changes the dynamics. And that's what happened when Garrett Logistics was born. After 10 years as a sales pro in the logistics world of sporting goods, John Garrett decided to pivot to the world of freight and start a brokerage. So you're saying to yourself, why trust Garrett Logistics? Well, Garrett Logistics helps shippers improve overall workflow, along with increased on-time pickup and delivery percentages. Last-minute loads, multi-drop pickups, and more are part of the services with Garrett Logistics. They're available Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Saturday, 8 a.m. to 12 p.m., all times Central Standard Time. So give them a ring at 615-400-8484. That's 615 615- Four zero zero eight four eight four, or you can email them at john at garrettlogistics.co or visit their website at garrettlogistics.co. Garrett Logistics, where the motto is, it's not just great to us, it's your business. All right, now before we get back into the talk about the you know the Tennessee Titans and the defensive side of the roster we do also have some halftime adjustments of course uh, sure. you know we got to talk about the halftime show we got to talk about these halftime adjustments and those are going to be talking about the other teams in the AFC South Cortland go ahead you got it yeah so anybody who's tuned into the halftime show y'all know how we do instead we're doing this instead of the beginning of the show doing it in the middle of the show this is a true halftime report so um i'm just gonna go and run down so with the other afc south team so for the colts right wrong shoot um my question to you mike is will the indianapolis colts regret releasing isaiah rogers who's recently signed with the philadelphia eagles mm-hmm. right uh, after he's uh, you know after his suspension um he's a guy who they felt like was a projected starter a guy who they had a lot of high hopes on a very young guy i think he's only in, like his second year third year in the league and now he's going to a stacked already stacked Philadelphia team um and after next year he can play so do you feel like they're going to miss that guy or do they have their answer on the roster honestly uh I mean I, I he was going into what the, the last year he was going into a contract year with them I honestly don't think they're going to miss him quite as much they're just invested in the young guys and they're like hey mm-hmm. we're out there we're going to see what they can do 
and we're going to call it a day from there. It's going to be some pluses, going to be some minuses, but it is what it is. But, you know, great thing for Isaiah Rogers. He gets to actually be around a great organization, the Philadelphia Eagles. He gets to learn from, you know, a couple of the guys, a couple of the veteran uh, guys out there. And, of course, Darius Slay uh, being one of those veterans. And basically just gets to kind of soak in things, get himself together so when he gets out there next year, he can maybe do some things for the Philadelphia Eagles. So, I mean, all in all, I mean, it wasn't like he was going to be the star of their secondary. I mean, they're still looking at Kenny Moore a second for that. But, you know, it, it just is what it is. He, he got caught doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing. You know, people can argue it up and down whether they like gambling or not. But it is what it is. He's not there. He's in Philly. That just is what it is, in my opinion. And they're going to go with the young guys. And, sink or swim with them all right we're gonna hop on the bus and go over to uh their their houston counterparts here uh to the texans uh and it's the bottom line man we gotta talk about it so after multiple moves um have the houston texans finally solidified the offensive line as we know they had laramie Tunsil, right um shaq mason and all of those guys and it kind of seems like the offensive line is still a, a shaky part, and they have to protect the new investment in C.J. Stroud. Uh, they made a plethora of moves going in, uh, after and during the preseason. Um, so do you feel like the line is now a strong point for Houston, or is there more moves to come? Honestly, I am not for sure yet. Um, you know, talking to Steve Weish from uh, the NFL Network, and, you know, he also mentioned that, you know, offensive lines – you know they're the they're the people that get probably punished the worst in terms of the less less of physicality in the uh, you know training camps and things like that because they need that physicality to kind of get themselves in position uh, work on their pairings their you know their tandem blocks things like that they don't really get that in the preseason so basically the first few games are kind of like an extended preseason for them so. You know, we'll find out more about that offensive line then. Laramie Tunzel, you knew he was going to stay there. They paid both their tackles and they gave them both extensions. They bring in Josh Jones uh, from the um, from the from the Arizona Cardinals for a fifth round pick, basically, and they they get a seventh round pick with it, of course. And then they bring in Kendra Green from the Steelers with a you know basically giving them a 2024 sixth round pick for him, for him. So, in my opinion, what they're doing is they're trying to stack as many offensive linemen as they can so they can have as many combinations as they can to put them together, see what they can do, and finally find five offensive linemen that can block, that can run block, pass block, and be solid at one time. It's going to be just interesting just to see what that combination is. Now, we know the tackles are probably going to be the guys. It's just the interior it's going to be the part that needs to be fixed or worked out. Yeah, and it, it's it's rough. It's going to get rough. It gets scary before it gets beautiful down there, um, if that doesn't work out. But going down, you know, the Gulf over the Gulf to uh, Jacksonville here uh, to the Jaguars, no empty spots. Um, Jaguars um, may have the best roster in in the AFC South right now. Like they may have the most wealth of talent. Um, but do you think after the cuts, as much talent as they had, do you think after the cuts that still stands true uh, for the way that this roster is constructed uh, in the division that they're in? Honestly, I didn't think they had the best roster to begin with. 
The reason why I didn't think they have the best roster to begin with is because it's heavy offensively. Offensively, they've got everything you need. Defensive linemen. Offensive line has gotten better, so that isn't necessarily a sore point as much as it once was. And, you know, tight end, running backs, you're deep there. So they were good there. Defensively, you're still, you know, kind of figuring out who's your third corner. You got Herndon being your slot corner, which, you know, that's kind of interesting in its own right. I mean, not to say he's terrible. I'm not saying he's terrible. But he's just, you know, you, you probably could do better at that position. You got Williams, who is a shorter corner, uh, out as an outside corner, which is also interesting is interesting as well. And then at your linebacker position, you know, you're younger there. Olaquan, hey, he's going to make every tackle that's available to him. Uh, but you still have that that linebacker position next to him. Still trying to figure that one out. You know, of course, you know, they had a few uh, rookies that were in that position last year. I think uh, – Lloyd will actually step up and, and man that position this year. And the biggest thing that I have a question about is rushing the passer. Still, they have issues rushing the passer. So that's why I can't give them the best roster in the division because they still have an issue rushing the passer. Now, Trayvon Walker is very talented. However, he hasn't shown that he can consistently rush the passer and get there. Josh Allen, same thing. Talented, hasn't shown he can consistently get there and make the play. You got uh, Chase on as well. He, he's a guy that's in a he's a rotation guy who was a former first round pick. So that just says right there to me, they don't have the most talented roster. They don't have people at every position to be like, okay, cool. I got to watch for that guy. I got to do this for this guy. They don't really have that at every single position. Uh, like you would say, maybe the Titans would have that. Mm -hmm. So that's just my thoughts on their roster, but don't, don't make any mistake about it. I still think, Offensively, they could put up thirty points a game. Oh, yeah. I still think it. Yeah, I mean, at least at least you didn't say they're a donut this year. <laughs> so, I, I think right. that's a I think that's a good improvement. If you're not a donut, and if y'all don't know, that's you got every nothing in the middle and everything outside. So it's it's if they're, if they're not a donut, we're we're good. Um, but then I got to get to the Titans, uh, which is the team of the night, right? Uh, the youth initiative. Uh, what what do you think it says about this front office and also the coaching staff that they kept 11 rookies, including five undrafted free agents, on the initial 53? To me, it says that they are trying to build a different type of culture there. Uh, it says that they are trying to um, get the best 53, not just the most familiar 53. Because if they got the most familiar uh, 53, then some of these guys that got cut would still be here. Uh, but they go, they're going to get more younger guys, more versatile pieces, pieces, like you said earlier, and then also just younger as well. But they're just going with guys that maybe fit the new regime better and what they want to do. Because, you know, no offense to Racing McMath, but he just has not been able to stay healthy. He's a he's a definitely a fast and, and, and big player, and that's intriguing in its own right, but he just can't stay healthy. Uh, you have a few other guys that, you know, were there, but you're just like, uh, if I get in the pinch, can I move him here? Can I move him there? Right. And you really couldn't do those different things. So, you know, definitely a lot of versatility and a lot of, you know, the new regime picking guys that they think fit their system based upon analytics and just ability in within those analytics as well, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and I, I think I, I'm just going to get my two cents on this one. Um, I think what it says about this team is that they trusted their plan. 
right? I think the one thing that I kept hearing about the Tennessee Titans was um, we don't know what they're going to do with receiver. I wish they would have drafted a receiver. I was one of those guys. I was like, man, if they just draft a receiver, this team is, is better off, right? Um, and I think they trusted their process. They trusted the fact that their evaluations and their talent evaluation was the right one. Uh, all of your draft picks make make the roster, right? And we've seen guys now, like it's other teams that have cut their fourth round draft picks, cut their third round draft pick, cut their seventh round draft pick. All of the Titans picks made the roster. Then on top of that, you go into the undrafted market, Otis Reese, Kiaris Jackson, Anthony Kendall, like four, like five of those guys, uh, uh, Caleb Murphy being maybe the best one, right? Make the roster. Like, and then, of course, on the on the practice squad, you got uh, uh, Armani Marsh and, and and a couple other undrafted guys that made that uh, that made the roster. So, or made the practice squad. So, I think that just to me says that Rand Carthon trusts his scouting. He trusts his analytics department. They trust, like you said, they got the right fifty three, the most talented fifty three, and not just the most familiar faces. But it says to me that this team goes into their evaluation process and says we trust our evaluations, not so much as. Um, we trust the veterans that have just been here in no schemes. Right, right. Definitely, definitely going to be uh, interesting with uh, the questions you asked me. It's definitely going to be interesting just to see how all these things kind of shape out with all the teams in the AFC South. We're going to take another quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to flip over to the defensive side of the Tennessee Titans roster. We'll be right back. You ever missed your mom's home cooked meals? Well, you're not always able to get to those, but you are able to get to HT's Home Cooking. Established in 2005, Patty Pillen and her staff go out six days a week to create some of the best home style meals you can taste and at a fair price. So if you're in Nashville and you like chicken and dressings, green beans, macaroni and cheese, and other things, stop by HT's Home Cooking. Their address is 2264 Murphy's Pike. Nashville, Tennessee, 37217. And they are open Monday through Thursday and Sunday, 11 to 6, 30. And Friday, 11 to 7. And if you want to order online, of course, the option is available as well at hthomecooking.com. Or you can call 615-367-0049. HT's Home Cooking. Food for yourself. All right, and we are back, and we're going to flip over and talk about the defensive side of the Tennessee Titans roster. And we're going to start with, my opinion, in my opinion, the best part of the defense, which is the defensive lineman. You've got Jeffrey Simmons, Danico Autry. You've got Tierra Tart. You've got Naquan Jones. You've got Jason Peavy. Now, or Jayon Peavy, I'm sorry. Uh, Jayon Peavy, uh, what can you say about him making this roster? Portland. Um, so Jaden PV is um, a guy who's very interesting. Jaden, right? Jaden, I'm sorry. Jaden Jaden Peavy. Peavy. I completely butchered his um, name. Sorry no, about that, Jaden. <laughs> no, nah, man, you good. Hey, you're a big dude, though. Um, Jaden PV uh, is a guy who's very intriguing. Last year, went undrafted. A guy who I felt like was a fourth round. I had a fourth round grade on uh, just because he was, for all of the big athleticism, raw size that you want. Sometimes he lacked the hand violence. Sometimes he, you know, he kind of took plays off, which you don't want to see in a defensive lineman. Um, but when he's on, he's on. When he's activated, he's activated. 
Terrell Williams, of course, they get him as an uh, undrafted free agent. J- Terrell Williams gets his hands on him. If you know who Terrell Williams is, and Mike knows who Terrell Williams is, he, he's very good at developing front seven talent. I don't care if you're a first-round draft pick or an undrafted guy. He just very, He's very good at getting the best out of his guys. He um, Terrell Williams had high praise for this kid. Great hands, great feet. You saw the activity. You saw the the violence. You saw the consistency, which was huge for him. And now you see it. I think him making this roster is huge because Tier Tart was a guy who was a long shot to make a roster, right? Another undrafted free agent comes in, makes the roster, and now he's a guy who's looking at getting a big payday in the offseason from the Tennessee Titans. Jaden Peavy could be that guy as well. Uh, Naquan Jones was another undrafted free agent guy. Right, comes in and makes the roster. He's also on the roster as well. But Jaden PV is in that long line of uh, diamonds in the rough that Terrell Williams has developed and now can make an impact next to Jeffrey Simmons and Denico Autry. Yeah, uh, I will say this you know, Jeffrey Simmons, Denico Autry, and I've said this previously, they're probably the best inside lineman tandem in the NFL. Again, again, I'm going to say this. Jeffrey Simmons, Danico Autry, best interior defensive lineman pairing in the NFL. Fight me if you don't like it. Oh, they're the, <laughs> but, they're uh, the best. They're the best. They're hands down the best interior pass rushers. Uh, and that's by, that's per pro football focus. That ain't Corlin Griffin's numbers. That is per, per pro football focus. They're the best interior pass rushing tandem in the NFL. So take do with that what you will. <laughs> there we have it. There we have it. Now, with Tierra Tart, you know, he kind of sandwiched between – you just brought him up. Uh, Tierra Tart sandwiched between Jeffrey Simmons and Danico Autry. Now, I am going to talk a little Danico Autry when we get over to the outside linebacker position, but we'll we'll get there in a second. But sandwiched between those in the regular base defense, how big of a year do you expect from Tierra Tart, which I like to call him sweet feet because oh, yeah. when he gets in there, man, it's, he has the he is a big man, but he has he can move. <laughs> definitely can move. Um, I think it's gonna be a huge year for him. Um, and the reason I think is because uh this I think this was the year that he this is the year I think he comes in. Of course, it's the contract season, right? And every guy performs on his contract year. But at the same time, this is the year where the Titans look at him as more of a leader than just another guy. Uh I think in previous years he was just looked at as a guy who was Hey, we need you to be consistent, right? Do your job. Do you know? Make sure you fill your gap. Do your assignments, and, and then you'll you'll flourish. And we've seen that. And then this year, I think they're looking at him as Jeffrey Simmons is a captain, right? We've got some new faces. We need you to be more of a um, leader, more of an example than just another guy. I think it's going to be a huge year for him. If I had to give a projection. I'm looking at somewhere between 30, 35, ta- 30 and 35 tackles. Um, I would say 10, 10 to 12 tackles for a loss, maybe five, maybe five sacks as, as a nose tackle uh, one tech. Right. I think that's a big year for him. And that'll yield him about six and a half, seven million dollars a year as a as a interior defensive lineman on the free market. Yeah, I mean, five is a little higher than I would have gone. I gave him four, but not by, you know, not by much. But I, yeah. I'd say I'd give him four, but hey. I mean, with 131, appro- approximately $131 million, I think the Titans would throw sixes away just to keep them. Yeah. No, no, no. I was talking about just the amount of sacks. The oh, money, okay. I mean, hey, you know, I, I, 
I can see that. But you know, as far as the amount of sacks he can get, I'd give him about four. But hey, we're not we're not far off from each other on that. No. One. So we agree. And I think with Danico and and Harold and Arden Key and those guys fundling, you know, what I mean that that pocket right, closing that pocket, he's going to get a lot more sacks um, by proxy than you know than the ones that he gets just by putting the center back in the guy's lap. So. I, I gave him a little bit of more of a one and a half extra. I got you. I got you, Tier. I got you back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the linebackers. Now, I put the inside and outside linebackers together. I'm going to go with the inside linebackers first. Aziz, Al, Aziz Alshair. We have Jack Gibbons, Luke Gifford, Monty Rice, and Otis Reese the fourth. That's inside linebackers. Outside linebackers, we got Harold Landry, Rashad Weaver, Arden Key. Caleb Murphy and the newest Tennessee Titan, Travis Gibson. Gibson. So, you know, to me, just uh, wow, a very, very deep, deep linebacker core. Now, I will say this: not necessarily in terms of deep on the the interior. I would say the outside, very deep, because you can also throw Danico Autry an outside linebacker as well. Which some folks, you know, if you're you're new to watching the Titans. Then you know, Nico Autry pretty much can play anywhere along that, that line. He's a freak athlete, man. Yeah, he just he just got a. You know how you know, know someone. You know, you know how you tell someone someone says, uh, you know, a guy that's uh, playing and people are playing. You got the athletic dude over here, but you got the guy that just knows the game and can get to where he needs to go. Right. He don't he don't really train on all the positions. He just <laughs> know where he needs to go. That's Nico Autry to me. He just basically. Get out there and he do what he does and he gets the quarterback. It don't matter if he lines up interior or outside. He just I'm makes so, it happen. I'm so glad we were able to sign that dude from uh from Indianapolis, man. That was a big steal a couple of years ago. Right, right. Now, as far as uh, you know, how big of a, re- a return is it for Landry? I mean, how big of a boost does that give this this uh outside linebacker core, in your opinion? I think it's a huge boost. You get your leader back. You get your you get your guy that you you just you thought was good enough to deserve a multi-year deal, right? One of the top ten paid. He's one of the top ten pass rushers by the money, and I think talent-wise, he's one of the top ten pass rushers in the NFL. When he's healthy, he's 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 easily one of the most effective speed rushers in the NFL, right? It's not going to kill you with a lot of power, but he's also versatile. Uh, here's a crazy thing: he got a pressure as an inside linebacker and a pressure as an outside linebacker in his one game that he played in the, in the preseason, which was week three against the, the the Patriots, nonetheless. But it was still, like, the fact that he was versatile and able to do that. Um, and I think this also makes the job easier for the interior guys, right, Jeffrey Simmons and those guys, because they can't be double teamed now. You have to now make a decision if you're an offensive line opposing an offensive coordinator. Do you double team 96? Do you double team 93? Do you double team 98? Do you double team 58 or do you double team 49, which is Arden Key, right? It's it's one of those things where it's like these all five of those guys can get a hat on the hat matchups. And we've seen what this team can do when they just rush four or five guys, right? It's 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 pandemonium and somebody's going to hit the ground and it's not going to be them. So it's going to be very interesting to see number 58 back out there in two-tone blue, uh, definitely against some of these guys on the island where he thrives um, in those situations. Yeah, it's definitely going to be fun to watch, uh, you know, and, and definitely uh, it was interesting. And, and uh, again, it's Ron Davenport. If you don't follow him, he gives great coverage 
for ESPN for the Tennessee Titans. And he noticed one thing when Harold Landry came back out to the field. He was not wearing a knee brace when he came out to OTAs and training camp, which that's amazing being that he was still at that point less than a year removed from tearing his ACL, which I thought was amazing. Um, now, you spoke about it, the addition of Arden Key. Now, Arden Key hasn't necessarily had the highest sack totals, but his energy is infectious. I mean, Jeffrey Simmons talked about it and just the different element he brings. I mean, besides having uh, getting a high amount of sacks, what do you think it, it is about Arden Key that just sets him apart from any other, I guess, outside linebacker that the Titans have? Um, Just from experiencing them, in the offseason, Harold is a Harold's more of a quiet leader, right? Harold's kind of the he's the variable guy, right? Head down, lead by example, quiet, right? Just I, I'm gonna go out, I do my job, I get sacks. That's what I do. That's what I get paid to do. I go home. Uh, Danico is like you said, just a guy who knows the game, right? Headsy player, just does it all. Arden is the light, is the noise. You hear him before you see him. And when you hear him, you know who it is, right? He's the guy like, okay, like for second day of OTAs or mandatory mini camps, I should say. Uh, of course, Big Jeff is out there, right? He's he's a vocal guy, very boisterous, right? But then you hear Arden, right? It's all the rookies. It's all of these rookie guys, like these young guys, guys who are just like on the roster camp bodies, right? And you hear Arden like literally come over there after the defense got a win. It was like, hey, man, why ain't y'all cheering? What's wrong with y'all, man? Come on, bro, turn up. Like, it's this is him. Like, that is him. If you're not, if you're not excited to play football, he's gonna he's gonna realize it, right? He he wants to uh in the word in the words of B. Dawkins, <laughs> he wants to see how much you want to play football. And he wants his guys to also know how much he wants to play football. And uh, it's going to be different because it's uh, – I think I saw that, that kind of difference in infectiousness when Darren Bates came to the team. He kind of gave us that energy, right? He kind of was that energy guy. Uh, even though he was just a special teams guy, he was that energy guy on the sideline. Arden Key is now going to be a starter projected, right, and have that energy. It's going to be infectious. Even when you think the Titans are down and out, right or whatever or if they the momentum may not be on their side that guy number 49 is going to bring energy and is going to get these guys pumped back up and go out there ready to play football it's definitely going to be interesting to watch and see uh what happens and uh how he uh his energy is infectious but you know the biggest question that we all have is we noticed a particular gentleman didn't uh take over the inside linebacker spot that's a lot projected he would that's monty rice instead it's jack gibbons uh, affectionately called Dr. Jack. Dr. Dr. Gibbons. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Dr. Jack, Dr. Gibbons, whatever they want to call him. They put the doctor in front of it. But, uh, you know, Aziz is definitely the starting linebacker, and he's going to be the guy there. But I still have questions and wonder about Jack Gibbons. I, I will say he's definitely earned his starting position. He's been where he's supposed to be. He's done what he needs to do. However, I do question and wonder in passing situations, is that's what is that what's going to get Monty Rice on the field again? Because you know, of course, he's in a backup role now, as opposed to being a potential starter like some expected or some some thought. So to me, I think eventually Monty Rice is going to be on that field. I mean, 
Am, am I am I crazy to think so, or am I thinking Jack is Jack Gibbons gonna find a way? Um, I, I think Jack Gibbons could find a way. I think they like his versatility. I think they like the fact that he's a faster, you know, sideline and sideline guy. Um, I, I don't think this is the final iteration of the inside linebacker <clears throat> position for this team. Um, a guy that, of course, I mean, I like Monty, and I think Monty uh, is is going to find his way to the field at some point. Um, but I can't say that I don't like the addition of Otis Reese. He's he's a guy that I was high on, that they've been high on. Safety convert, uh, he plays at around two twenty five. I think he could put on a little bit more weight in that, but. He had a play in Minnesota where he he got both hands on the ball, not a bat down, not a. I mean, it was as it was almost as clean an interception as you can get. He drops it, of course, which is why he plays defense. Uh, no offense, Mike, but uh, <laughs> but um, but you know, it was it was interesting to see that he made the roster. And I think they like him, but um, I, I, like I said, I just I don't think this is the final iteration of that position. And there's some guys that I, I got some interest in uh, that could you know. Being two tone blue before the end of the year, I think. Uh, we're definitely going to watch and see. Uh, but, you know, of course, we do have to move on. We do have our last and, uh, well, not our last and final, but last and final defensive area. That's the secondary. Uh, at cornerbacks, we do have uh, Mr. Vildor, who was brought over from the Chicago Bears. And he's added to a, a cornerback room that has Christian Fulton, Roger McCreary, Sean Murphy Bunning, Trey Avery, and rookie Anthony Kendall. Now, at safety, uh, you have Kevin Byard, Amani Hooker, Elijah Molden. Uh, you've got Mike Brown, and you've got Matthew Jackson, who is a local guy. So there we go. So that's who they uh, brought in. I mean, you've got Anthony Kendall and Matthew Jackson, which, you know, those guys, I don't think anybody saw them out of preseason making the team. And you've got Mike Brown as well. I mean, did you know Anthony Kendall probably surprise you making the team? Um, so he didn't surprise me making the team because I had him making the team. Um, I had him making the practice squad, but I had him making the team because Kayla Farley started the, uh, started the season on the pup list. And I said, I was like, if this guy can make the, if this guy starts on Farley, starts on the pup list or the IR, then Anthony Kendall is my next up because he's just, he's a, another big, fast physical guy that Vrabel likes. And so um, I definitely see Kendall playing a kind of a, a role. But again, the guys in front of him, right? Christian Fulton, SMB, Roger McCreary, um, you know, Trey Avery, those guys are going to play most of your uh, big time snaps. Kendall will probably, you know, come in if there's an injury or two. I'll say this. I do see um, Trey Avery eventually carving out a role uh, I mean, I don't know. I think he, I think eventually he might pass up Roger McCreary, to be honest. If he hasn't passed him up already, I think eventually he will because it just seems like Vrabel loves that man. It just seems like he does. Yeah. Because, you know, I'll give you an example why. Because you remember when uh, you were talking about the punt, the punt that hit Avery in the back of his foot and how Mike Vrabel is not a stickler for about beating yourself. He actually goes and hugs Trey Avery. And Avery goes back on the field. I knew at that point, I was like, yeah, he loves Trey. I was going to say, because I was like, <laughs> I just knew. I just knew. Because I tweeted it. I said, if anybody, I said, if Trey Avery does it, it gets cut, it's because of this play, right? And it, and it, because, like, of course, knowing Mike Vrabel, he's a stickler for the small things, right? Don't beat yourself. And those things are just like, because, I mean, K.R.S. Jackson comes down the field, like, 
fire, fire. Like, in other words, to get out of the way, the ball is somewhere in between. And Trey Avery sees the ball and is like, okay, I'm going to jump over it. Like, like, get over the way. So, um, I didn't see that part. You, I think you were at that game, I believe. So, um, or was that in Minnesota? I think it was Minnesota. Okay. So, Minnesota. But I, I didn't see that part. But, again, I – that, that speaks volumes. Vrabel, it's not many guys that Vrabel coaches up personally. And uh, if you're a guy that, that he does that to, he either really likes you or you did something really bad. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, you know, any anything else surprise you? I mean, honestly, I see a versatile uh, safety position as well because Elijah Molden, for those that aren't aware, he can play corner as well. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's a lot of different moving pieces within that secondary, uh, you know, they're, they're, um, it'll just be interesting to see where some of these guys go on special teams too. Yeah. The only thing that surprised me was Armani Marsh not making the roster. Um, he's a guy that they, they brought in as an undrafted free agent, of course. And, and they, he played more corner than he did safety. He kind of reminds me of Michael Griffin. Uh, when they brought Michael Griffin in, right. They brought him in. He was a natural safety. They brought him in. He kind of tried to play corner, but it just, he looked horrible. At corner in the preseason, goes back and plays his natural free safety position. He's one of the best free safeties in Titans history, right? So um, that was kind of a surprise. I thought Armani Marshall was, was going to make the roster as a safety, which is his natural position. He's a guy that Vrabel liked. He's a guy that um, uh, that Coach Harris liked as well. So, But he's on the practice squad. So, again, um, some of these guys are sticking around, just not on the active initial 53, but that doesn't mean that they don't get action. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, and the last thing we want to talk about is the kicker position. Now, we know that has been an interesting position. I mean, you saw two kickers, two young kickers, then all of a sudden both of them are gone, and you bring in Michael Badgley. He kicks for the preseason finale. You hear Mike Brable talk about him at the end of the preseason finale, in the press conference, and then next thing you know, he's gone. So I was like, wow, okay, because, I mean, just listening to Mike Brable talk about him, I was like, eh, I don't know. He may he, he may he may keep him around to kind of kind of work on a few things. Then boom, Monday he's cut. I was like, wow, he brought him in for a weekend. Might as well say he just uh he took him on he, he let he basically uh gave him a paid football vacation for the weekend, basically. So and then you trade for Nick Folk, which is a he's a 38-year-old kicker. He's a veteran, he's been around a while, and you know, basically traded a late 2025 pick for him. And then you also bring in Cade York to your practice squad. So um, I gotta ask, do you feel better about the kicking position now than you did at the start of preseason with what they've done? Yes. Um, anything was better than what we had, right? Uh, Randy <laughs> Randy Bullock was um spotty at to say the least, right? He was here, he was there. Uh some kicks he made, the ones that you thought he wasn't gonna make, somehow he hooks it in, the ones that should have been gimmies. He hooks it out, right? It's just one of those weird situations. Badgley, I'm surprised that they brought Badgley back because he's showing it in his previous stint as a Titan wasn't great. Um, and then Trey Wolf and, and Caleb Shadak, right, in the preseason, it just seemed like what you got with one, right, like one week in practice and in the game, the other one lacked. And then it was like they would switch places. Like they switched legs somehow, some way. And so um, – I wasn't surprised that those two guys got cut. But then when you look at it now, uh, Folk, Nick Folk comes from New England. He's now a Titan. He's more consistent, even at 38. He's more consistent, right? 83% made 83% of his uh, kicks last year. 
uh, also is a, is a very good distance kicker. And then Cade York, right? Uh, for those who don't know, he's an Auburn product, right? Made the the legendary kick to beat Auburn uh, to beat Alabama in the Iron Bowl, right? Comes into the league, has all the promise, and, and just for some reason has has had some trouble getting the concentration down that you would like to see out of a kicker. I think, like I said, I think um, Rabel and this team trust their staff. They trust their development. And um, I think you're going to see Nick Folk kind of stick around. I may think maybe for a season. And then they're going to see what they have in Cade York. And you may see Cade York move forward as the Titans kicker. Honestly, I, I don't think uh, I don't think Cade York it basically stays on the practice squad the entire season. I think eventually – like they Nick Folk maybe up. slips up a little bit and they move him up. I think that may happen halfway through the season, to be honest. That could I, be because yeah. Cade is only like what 28, 29? I think something like I, that. I, not for sure, but you know, it just to me, I, I just don't see it. You know, the Titans are getting away with having an extra guy on their on their practice squad just because mm-hmm. of uh, our, our guy at tight end. So that's why I think he's even on the practice squad to begin with. So right. We'll see what happens there. Um, but, yeah, that's the whole Titans 53-man roster. We just went through it all in one night. Uh, I want to thank you, Cortland, for joining oh, in no with this problem. collaboration Anytime. with me. Uh, <laughs> tell everyone where they can find you on social media. And also tell them about the halftime show. Man, uh, you can find me at DC Griffey uh, on Twitter on and or X, I should say, and DC Griffey on uh, Instagram. Um, you can definitely find me those two places. You can also find the halftime show every Thursday night. We didn't do it tonight because, of course, we're collaborating with Touring the AFC South, uh, the best AFC South show on the airwaves. Uh, so, um, you, you can catch Thursday nights, 7 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we talk everything right. We just got done talking uh, our top, my top 10, uh, at every position going into this season, and then we're going to be kicking up because it's almost it's crazy tomorrow is september uh the season will be starting and then in the month we're right back into the nba season so it's going to be the, the the halftime show is kicking up we're, we're going to have great guests we definitely got to get mike on the show um and, okay. and definitely talk some some afc south for sure uh but yeah man find me there um also find my work at the three-point conversion you can find my big board. You can find Titans articles, WNBA articles. We talk all things sports over there. So definitely uh, be on the lookout. All right. Thank you again for coming on, everyone. If you're looking for me, you can find me on uh, social media. Uh, the artist formerly known as Twitter. You can find me on there <laughs> at MikePatton82. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-T-O-N-A-2. You like that one. You know, it kind of owed the prince. That was, uh, that, the, that was a good one. <laughs> then you can also find me on uh, threads and uh Instagram at the, that's T-H-A, not T-H-E, underscore general, underscore M-P. Of course, Tornadacy South, you can find on YouTube, find it on, uh, also on all listening platforms, which includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, did I mention it again? Yeah, I did. And more uh, as well. So I just want to thank you, everyone, for tuning in to our collaboration. Who knows? We may do it again. We'll see what happens. <laughs> You've been tuned in to- it's always that? a chance. It's always a chance. Always, <laughs> always. You know, touring the ASC South and the halftime show collaboration. I think it went well. What you think? Oh, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Well, stick around. See if we do it again. We're out. Peace. <laughs>